0: Bigfoot Radio. You are here with your host, Dustin Clark, and me, Lauren. How are you doing tonight, Dustin?
2: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Lauren?
0: I'm fabulous, fabulous. I just had a uh, Christmas dinner, early Christmas dinner with my work people, and I, I'm stuffed, and Yeah, so just if you hear me snoring over here, um, it's just because I ate my weight in, like, cheese and stuff tonight (laughs) and appetizers. (laughs) But um, I'm really excited about this show. Um, I cannot wait to talk to Tanya and have her tell us all about herself. Is there anything going Mm -hmm. on in your world that you want to talk about?
2: Um. No, just besides uh, being super busy working and trying to get ready for uh, this outing that we have this weekend. Other than that, I'm nothing new, really.
0: Really, nothing.
2: Mm, no, it's been kind of boring for me. Boring, same old, same old over here.
0: Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like, I'm so busy. Like, I, I, I just, I. I have nothing to talk about. Um, I will have more to talk about after this next outing. Um, Mm -hmm. That's about it. I mean, we went out last weekend kind of, but we weren't really out research, researching. Um, But we did hear some weird things, but, I mean, nothing. Of course, Dustin didn't have his recorder going at that time because, you know.
2: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to hit record. Actually, I didn't even have it out of my bag. It was still yeah, in the bag we it out and <laughs> we heard something strange. I was like, oh, I better get the recorder out. And the rest of the night, all we did was just freeze and stand around the fire. Nothing, absolutely nothing else happened. Yeah,
0: pretty much, yeah. We heard some wildlife. Uh, Dustin went to go... Uh, Go potty, and there was a (laughs) deer—a deer that surprised (laughs) them, which was pretty funny. Uh, (laughs) I just hear this panicked Lauren, come here, and I'm like, no, (laughs) know why you wanted me over there. (laughs) And then I go over there, and you shine your little headlamp, and there's just a deer standing there staring at you. And then there was a Mm -hmm. another little deer off to the side, and yeah, that place was like loaded with deer and raccoon and possums, So it was um, an eventful night for the wrong
2: reasons. So. And there was a, a RV that was a couple of spots, or okay. like a little ways down from us. And we never, I saw them show up when I was setting up camp. And uh, they were kind of older middle-aged people. And then they just disappeared. And mm-hmm. never seen. See, they never showed back up. They weren't there when I packed up the next morning, It just kind of uh, gave some creepy vibes off of that.
0: Was, yeah, we kept referring to them as the serial killers all night. Um,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, but so let's hope that this weekend is like ten times more active than last weekend. So, I, um, I, have,
2: I have a feeling it will be.
0: I hope so. I'm excited. So excited! All right. So tonight we have Tanya Knight on. Tanya is a Bigfoot researcher, licensed massage therapist, and mother of two from Burleson, Texas. She has a big heart and also a superhero alter ego. She Squatch, whom we have had the pleasure of meeting. She Squatch. She's great. Um, hard to pin down. She's kind of all over the place all the time, but she's um, she's great. Uh, so Tanya. Spends every chance that she gets in the field using practical and self-produced methods to chip away at her insatiable desire to uncover the unknown. Her latest squatch encounter being in October 2018. Um, so we'll talk about that as well as how she got into this. Um, and you can catch she squatch at events like the Texas Bigfoot Conference and Southeast Texas Bigfoot Conference. And also she has a Facebook. Uh, page so you can find her on there she squatch. um so without further ado we're going to bring tanya on how are you tanya
1: hey guys thanks for having me on tonight
0: absolutely absolutely yes we are so excited to have you on um and just kind of talk to you so tanya had informed us before the show that um this is actually kind of her first time going live with her experiences. So we are honored to have her on and have her share that with us, kind of trust us with that. And uh, I think, think you'll feel better. You'll feel okay once you start talking about it. So um, if we'll just go ahead and start. So what got you into this topic?
1: Well, um, I would have to say when I was a little girl um, is when my Sasquatching journey began and my grandfather told me a story about how he was fishing along the Red River, and across from him sat the Sasquatch. And as a little girl, I thought it was the funniest thing that I had ever heard. And I remember giggling and laughing at my grandfather's you know, thoughts, and he just looked at me like, I can't believe she doesn't believe me. And that look in his eye made me feel almost ashamed. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I think he's telling the truth. And uh, it would seem like it was about maybe a year or so later um, that just randomly on the television, probably around 10, um, Bob Gimlin, in and, and his younger days, was just right there and telling about his experience. And I remember as a little girl going, oh, my God, my grandfather was telling me the truth. Oh, wow. And from that moment on, I had a love. Uh, for Bigfoot, um, Ewoks, Sasquatches, you know, Chewy, all of it, Mm -hmm. Um, and I had no idea as a little girl that um, I would grow so into it as I am now, so um, yeah, yeah, Um, (laughs) I would say my, yes, I mean, I, I would have never thought that um, I would actually be transforming myself um, into an alter ego, she squatch, and uh, you know that's come about through just experiences that I've had in my life uh, with dealing with cancer and losing parts of my body and trying to find myself again and literally becoming something that is just real and raw and not afraid of anything, and she's she's. Inside of me, always. <laughs> She's a part right. of me. She's become a part of me. So, yeah. That's
0: amazing. Um, that's amazing. I love that it's a feminine um, squatch, first of all. And uh, <laughs> so that's like you. my favorite thing ever when I first saw your costume. Um, and then I love how realistic your costume is as well. So I love that you were able to take what you've been through and kind of use this to keep you going and keep you positive. And to give back yeah, it because was I have seen that Oh, sorry. I've I've seen no, yeah,
1: it was, children it's, it's and good.
0: and people, you know, get so excited to see you and like you you light people up in that costume. So like you're giving your joy back to people.
1: Yes, that's probably the key of the whole thing is to be able to find joy in the experience and You know, sometimes people might see me and feel like a little creeped out, or, you know, maybe a child might cry occasionally. That does happen, and I just have to walk away. But, you know, for the most part, it's that that inner child that's coming out to play that says, it's okay to play. You know, it's okay to be yourself and and just express yourself in the way that you want to be. And and here she is, you know, interacting with dogs and children, and Mm -hmm. there's something beyond words that... I think most of us sometimes have a tendency to leave out and it's that feeling and emotional connection that we have each with each other. And, um, yeah, I like that she brings about the lightheartedness and, um, the fun nature in people.
0: Absolutely. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I love that she, she is so fun. Like she's just, I I don't know how to describe her whimsical, maybe. Um, like, you, she dances around, and, like, you know, she's kind of a practical joker and um, just makes people smile all the time. I love it. And I love how realistic – well, I mean, the um, she's very endowed in certain places, but <laughs> honestly, yes. Yes. I've never seen a female yes. Sasquatch in person. So, you know, they might be just – I mean, got a lot of junk in the truck. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, She definitely has a lot of curiosity, and she's just come out of the woods. I mean, she doesn't know anything. This is all new to her, and she's not afraid um, to step out anymore. And I think that's kind of what she brings in, out in me is a shyness that I've always had and, uh, you know, a shy nature. And um, she allows me to be bold. and um, And through her and carrying her with me, you know, that boldness, it still becomes me, you know, in ways that I've needed and didn't even realize. (laughs) So, so I'm grateful Uh, that she's come about and, and honestly, um, you know, she came about um, at a, at a conference that I was just at this last year and, you know, it was in Indianapolis. It was the uh, factor fiction. And um, I was preparing this costume um, just something that had just come from my mind and my heart and pieced her together. And on the way to the conference, uh, Craig will driving and setting me up a page on Facebook and we named her she squatch and it was perfect. And ironically, that was the same weekend that I met the she squatcher. So we got to meet and talk and laugh and, um, get to know each other and, um, you know it was just a it was really interesting how it just all pieced together so perfectly it couldn't have been it couldn't have been better.
2: That's
0: amazing, yeah, I think that's the first um time I saw it as well. I think I saw you walking up to the back door of the place, maybe or something I don't remember, but um I was just that's the first time I saw the costume, and I was just like blown away I was like this is amazing I don't know who she is but she's amazing I was so excited and then when I went to Honobi and Dustin's like oh yeah you know she's glad she's gonna be here and I I was so stoked I was so excited so um and then I got to meet you afterwards and um I you know how that like every I just I am so I'm so glad that this has been something to something positive in your life that you could give to others. That's been amazing. Um,
1: It's funny that you would say something like not being able to, there are so many people that didn't recognize me in costume that knew me Mm -hmm. as Tanya and they would, you know, see me in costume and have no idea who I was. And I would, take the costume off later and say, Hey, what did you think? (laughs) And they would look at me in this perplexing look, like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, the Sasquatch, you know, the Cheese Squatch, that was you. So, uh, (laughs) so yeah, you know, it's, it's really funny, you know, being able to surprise people in that way, which I was able to surprise, both, you know, Bob Gimlin and Travis Walton, neither one of them recognized me both knowing me before. So it was kind of funny. (laughs) I had
0: that same reaction. Um, I think you had come up to camp, to our campfire afterwards, just to, you know, hang out and meet everybody. And Dustin kind of leaned over. He's like, that's the she-squash. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's not what I thought she'd look like. <laughs> I'd like, I I have to <laughs> say the
1: funniest The funniest thing was just a few weekends ago at Footstock when, you know, this is this, you know, conference for the researchers and, you know, it's this adult, you know, thing that we're going to be doing and it's serious and we get there and there's like 150 to 200 Boy Scouts just everywhere. And I'd already planned to dress up as She-Squatch just for, you know, interaction and photo ops and just hanging out with my friends and uh, seeing all these kids just made the weekend amazing I mean after seeing me one time you know you could hear them echoing across the hills we saw yeah, God. we saw oh. big, but. <laughs> So we had adults having to come over to kind of understand what is that place going on over here and, <laughs> you know, explain to them, well, actually, you know, it's somebody in a costume and, you know, so it, it's really fun interacting in, in ways like that with them. So I had a good time.
0: That's awesome. I know I showed uh, my kids yeah. pictures that I had taken with you and they, my son was so excited. He's like, mama, mama, you found Bigfoot. You found him. I (laughs) was like, I sure did, buddy. (laughs) So um, yeah, it's, it's just like, it's a gift that keeps giving like everywhere you go. Um, So
1: your first encounter, can you tell us about Mm -hmm. that? Well, um, it was in September of 2018 And um, it's kind of a, it's an interesting collaboration, how it all just pieced together so perfect. Um, I was invited to Footstock for the first time, um, and after the week-long studies, I started my trek home along the route back um, to Burleson, and I got this funny feeling that I needed to pull over. (laughs) So, now it wasn't that I needed to go pee. <laughs> actually, this is, <laughs> this is where you find out a little bit more about me. And, you know, I get these callings or feelings, like maybe some people might say it's empathic or psychic thoughts or something like that, but I have a curiosity enough to try to understand more about what it is that I'm feeling. So, in this particular instance, I actually said out loud to myself since I was in the car <laughs> alone, okay, what's here? And the next thing that I saw was a sign, and it said something about Boggy Creek. And, of course, I just busted out laughing, um, you know, because that's Louisiana. I was in Texas. (laughs) And so, you know, I just said, ha, 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 that's funny. And the next sign said something about Boggy Creek National Park. And even though I needed to go pick up my children, and I was thinking about my timeline, I veered off immediately and said, you know, I'm supposed to stop here. So I exited and um, wanted to check it out. And when I entered the park, no one was there. Um, It was completely empty. And I made my way down to um, this beautiful area where there's like a, a pond. Maybe it's a little bit bigger than a pond, and it's lined by the tree. And I decided to Just kind of stretch, do some Qigong, and just relax just a minute and meditate. And um, after I was done, I walked down along the creek line just to see um, if I might find some prints, just to be silly, right? Because I'd never found anything. I, You know, my friends do all this stuff, and, you know, they're researchers and authors, and, you know, I love them all, but I've never had experiences of my own. So um, as I came along down to the river's edge, there was this big footprint, and I took a picture of it kind of jokingly, like, ha, 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 you know, okay, that's a person's footprint there, but it was big, you know, and I thought maybe, uh, you know, that could be a Sasquatch print. So a week later, um, I traveled to Hanovia for the 2018 Hanovia Bigfoot Conference, and that's where I met up with Keith Crabtree, And he had told um, a friend, Marvin Leeper, about my experience driving back down to Burleson. And he said, you need to meet this girl, which, you know, I'm still kind of feeling a little weird. Like, you know, to me, it's just a, a normal, normal thing, you know. I don't feel any different. I think we all are capable of having senses about us. And so he came over, and I shared with him the experience, and he said that in 2016, in May of 2016, he and Jerry Huston had been called out there um, where I was, about a half a mile from where I was, and uh, they had found a trackway along an old abandoned wagon trail, and that was a quarter mile from my location. So at that point, I'm like, wow, this is is this really happening, you know, because, To me, when things like that happen, it has to be followed up by the experience. Like, there has to be scientific evidence. There has to be something to back up your thoughts. It can't just be, you know, something you're thinking of or you wish to be true, a fantasy of some sort. You know, there needs to be some solid proof behind what your experience is. So I was kind of excited and wondered where that might lead to. And after the conference, Keith and I decided to team up. And we were going to go to Louisiana uh, because I wanted to take Jesse, uh, my son, Jesse, uh, Big Fitting for our first experience. And Keith was going to go watch the elk run. So we just decided to do it together. And it was probably the best decision of my life. Um, he is like an adopted pops to me. And um, from that moment, we've just been pretty much inseparable. And I consider him... Uh, my accountability partner, when I'm out in the field. So um, to be fair, it's important to share that I'd also chosen my location by pulling up a map and asking, where do I want to go? And I decided Arkansas, then looking at the map, where in Arkansas do I want to go, and that followed by Wichita Mountains. And then at that point, I just found a creek and followed along until I felt right, and that's where we went. So on October 8th, Keith and I made our way out into the woods um, at a place that we had found, and um, there was a creek there, and we got to pan for gold leisurely, and actually found a piece, which I'm probably not supposed to say that. Sorry, Keith, <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started searching for tracks, um, you know, and looking for evidence, and I again, got that feeling. And I was drawn to an embankment. And that's where I had my first visual track. And, you know, I was completely excited, completely beside myself. I called Keith over and I said, Oh, my God, what is this? What do you think? Is it a bear? And, um, you know, he looked at it, he said, there's no claw marks here. And so that's when we started trying to you know, measure and determine um, the size, the length, the stride. Um, it was a five foot span in between the feet, and they were 18 and a half inches long, and four and a half Ooh. inches wide, and there were four tracks total. The weight of it, it looked so deep, like you know, the impression into the ground looked so deep that I knew it had to be heavy. And you know, my logical mind says. This has got to be a bear, you know, it's got to be a bear. But, of course, I'm, you know, hoping and excited that maybe, just maybe, um, this is evidence of a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, something that I've always wanted to see in real life since I was a little girl. And, you know, here I am, this amateur, um, you know, I'm not familiar with all the rules of engagement. Like, how do we go about um, studying all of this? And, um, I left that weekend without casting it. And I'm going to tell you, it makes me sick to my stomach because I had the casting material and, um, we were to leave the next day. And all I could think about was, you know, responsibility, getting back home in time. And, um, I felt a little pressured to leave quickly. Um, and it just didn't happen. I mean, it just, it just. It didn't happen <laughs> and so uh, you know that's probably the biggest mistake I've ever made um, but that's where learning comes into play so the following weekend was the uh, Craig's 2000 it was the 2018 Texas Bigfoot conference and uh, hosted by Craig Woolleier and I had the opportunity that weekend to speak with Dr. Jeff Meldrum and I showed him my pictures and told him about my experience and he confirmed my find, which was really surprising to me. I was in shock. I was in awe and excited and he concluded that the creature would have weighed somewhere between 850 to 1100 pounds. So, um, and that was the first track. So on October 27th, um, which was a few weeks later, I went back to the location. Um, actually, it was the following week after the Bigfoot Conference. Um, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. I had to go back. I had to find that track in the woods and attempt to cast what I'd left behind. And this is really where my story brings in a paranormal draw that is a phenomena that I'm still – trying to grasp even today. Um, I arrived on location around 6.45 and immediately went into the woods. And um, this is you know, something that you really should be prepared to do um, in the summer. You have to think that it's a lot brighter in the woods in the winter. It's a lot darker in the woods at 6.45. And I was just so excited. I couldn't stand it. You know, I just parked the car and took off running and, uh, you know, had my bag full of casting materials and lights and stuff like that, just ready to do what I needed to do. And I'd probably gotten about a quarter mile in when I felt immediately like I was not safe. And at the time, I was not carrying a gun. Um, it, You know, I had a knife, but... <laughs> What am I going to do with, you know, (laughs) cut off a big toe or something? And so, um, you know, I get this feeling like there's something there. And I am recording. I did have audio devices. I did have recording devices. Um, You know, I had the red light, but it didn't need it just yet. It wasn't quite that dark. Um, And I just kept panning back and forth from the right to the left, from the right to the left. And, you know, going back and researching the footage and everything, I did that. And where I stopped that in my tracks, I did that for about four minutes. Um, I didn't feel comfortable moving at all. I was literally frozen. Um, and mm-hmm. I, my breath uh, started to increase. My heart started to beat faster. And I just heard um, in my mind's eye, you need to leave. It's dinner time. And I know that sounds silly. But as soon as I heard those words, I pivoted and I took back to the car. And uh, I was just saying, okay, you know, look, I hear you. I'm not supposed to be in here right now. And so when I turned around and noticed how far I was into the woods and just saw this little bitty speck of light, um, it was a long way back to that, I did that to the car. Let's just say that. Um, I think my, I definitely was picking up speed the closer I got. And by the time I got to the car, I was so shook, um, that I just hit the button and locked the doors. And, you know, I know that that sounds really silly, but you know, there's something about a feeling that you get that if you don't, if you don't go and listen to that, you could get yourself in trouble, you know, and there's been too many times that, you know I've known something and I've not listened and ended up getting myself in a pickle you know so you know I didn't I didn't want anything to happen to me when I was out there alone by myself so that night um since it was dark and I didn't have time to get set up I decided to sleep in the car and um I did set up a you know a small campfire and just kind of sat outside my car for just a little while and by the flames just kind of contemplating the entire experience. And um, I had a stream near me and I was listening to the brook and, you know, I heard the owls, you know, in the background and, you know, hooting. And and then I heard this really loud it was like a howl, but more, not a coyote, almost deeper than a coyote. So it's kind of really hard to reproduce the sound that I heard, but in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that can't be a wolf because, you know, I know there's not any anything like that out here. Uh, it doesn't sound like a bear, uh, but it didn't sound like a coyote either. So I didn't have an explanation as to what it was that it was what I'd heard. Um, and about 10 minutes after that, Um, there was a loud banging sound that sounded like two lids being like can lids being slammed together. And I know that's a really odd sound to have out in the middle of the woods, but that's the closest thing that I can explain it to. It just sounded like two really large metal or heavy something being banged together. And so at the time, I'm still... You know, I have no idea what's in store for me. Um, I didn't know what was about to go down. So I didn't really think a lot about what I'd just heard. You know, I'm just thinking um, that's just a sound out there in the wilderness, you know, or whatever, you know. Um, But I was beginning to feel vulnerable because I kept hearing shuffling behind me. So here I am sitting at this fire listening to all these sounds, and now I'm hearing footsteps. (laughs) <laughs> and it sounds like footsteps Could it be like a raccoon Could it possibly be a squirrel You know shuffling around in these leaves I'm not certain So I move to the other side of the campfire And I start to Get comfortable um, In my contemplation And again I'm hearing footsteps Behind me So I shifted my location again um, And I did this Probably three or four times um, where I just kept hearing sounds behind me. I would move, and then again, again the sounds would repeat behind me. So uh, my fire was getting low, and it was wet, and it was cold. It was the first cold spell, I guess, of the fall. And I uh, decided to just hit the sack and to get in the car because and go to sleep. i would had enough, so... I uh, turned the car over and got it warmed up and, and started to kind of drift away into sleep and, um, you know, just try to find some kind of a understanding of what the day was going to look like tomorrow. And as I lie there listening, um, feeling the coolness of the car, you know, against me, I kind of drifted into a dream world and... That's when I heard footsteps coming up to my car. Now, this is where things get really weird, okay? So I'm waking up and I'm listening to the sound of these steps, and they come to the back passenger side door. And they were heavy, and the gravel was literally crushing and grinding under the weight of whatever it was. And it was right outside my door. And that was the moment that I literally froze. And not in the sense that it was cold outside, but in the sense that I realized I couldn't move. I couldn't move my body. I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't move my fingers. Um, It was the weirdest thing that I've ever experienced in my life. (laughs) I was in a paralysis. And, you know... There was a moment of silence outside that door as if someone or something was looking in on me, like looking in the car. And um, I couldn't imagine what was happening. So as the steps moved from the passenger back door to the hatch and then kept going around to the other side of the car, um, like on the back driver's side door, it stopped again. And that was the moment that I was begging my eyes to please open. And they lifted um, just enough for me to see the trees um, outside the car, the darkness, the inside of the car. Um, But then my eyes collapsed again as if I didn't have any control over my body at all. And they just completely shut. I couldn't move my arms or my legs. And um, that's when the steps started again. Now walking to the back of the hatch. And this is the moment that fear completely overcame me. I completely gave in. I thought the next thing that's going to happen is the hatch is going to open, and you're simply going to be dragged out by your feet. And I couldn't move, so I couldn't fight, and I literally just came to understand that this is it. I'm going to die now. And it was at that very moment that I began to feel... (laughs) This really interesting vibration on the bottom of my feet. Now it's complete silence and I can't hear the footsteps anymore. I'm just feeling this vibration on the bottom of my feet. And it seems stronger on my right side, um, on my right leg, than on my left. And it was a pattern of like a half inch so. Like a half inch or so circular vibrating spot is the best way for me to describe it. Um, they seemed like the, there was maybe six to eight on each foot, and it began to vibrate up towards my ankle. And there was a sound that went with it that hummed like whoa 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 like this. And the vibration rose up through my body from my ankle area into my calves and. It was the strangest and most peculiar thing that <laughs> had ever come over me. I would never felt anything like that. But as it went from that middle calf to my knee is the moment that I thought to myself, this, this feels really good. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I went from that fear-based state of, you know, being able to not move, you know, and being fearful that, you know, I'm about to be drugged out to not being able to move and saying, well, at least it feels good. <laughs> so I know that sounds really strange, but, you know, somehow my mind was averted from fear. And instantly, um, as soon as I, those thoughts came into my mind of how it felt good, instantly my eyes jolted open. And it was as if I'd been released from some stronghold And I just pulled in a deep breath And I struggled to control my breathing. Um, It was absolutely dead silent. There was no birds. There were no crickets. There were no sounds at all. It seemed as if I had earmuffs on my ears. And um, I lay there afraid to move or even lift my head to look up, you know, out into the darkness. And so the first thing that I did um, also amateur move was my digital voice recorder running. No, it was not <laughs> because, you know, I didn't realize that, Oh, you're supposed to leave those suckers running when you're sleeping just in case something crazy like this happens. So I immediately grabbed my digital voice recorder at that moment and, um, you know, started to talk about everything that had just happened to me. And, you know, I didn't realize how, Critical, you know, that it could be to just have something like that running. And this is that moment that I'm like, well, I'm just going to have to share the experience in which I just had. So after I said everything I needed to say about what I'd just experienced, um, I felt brave enough to um, get out of the car. And um, it was silent, Um, it was dark, and there was nothing. So but there was very minimal light um and I don't remember where the moon was, but it was it was pretty dark. I don't remember much moonlight at all, so the next morning um after this and the, and it was hard to go back to sleep. I mean, you know, I laid there for a long time, just wondering, you know if I go back to sleep, um is this gonna happen again? you know, and believe me, I locked the doors <laughs> so I was grateful that I had decided to stay in my car this night, which I thought also was ironic under the circumstances. So um, the next morning, um, I geared up and um, decided to go out and, and find those prints again. I walked all the way around the car and because of the asphalt, there was not, it didn't allow for the gravel to create a shape. So. Whatever was outside my car the night before, um, there weren't any tracks. So I went into the woods to look for the the tracks that I had found the time before and started noticing more tracks. But this time they were smaller. Um, Oddly enough, they were almost my size. So I would say I'm a woman women size 8 these were probably about a 9 um, and you know of course it was toes there were toe prints There was it wasn't um, you know like a complete uh, shoe print um, and I just felt like there's something here you know where is it at you know I'm seeing prints and again um, feeling like I know where I'm supposed to go and I know this is where it gets weird but I felt like I knew where I was supposed to go. And there was a place that was a hill, a small hill, and two creeks kind of uh, came together and and protected it in a way um, that there was an embankment on both sides, two sides. One side had a hill behind it and then the other a thicket. So you've got this, you know, square elevated area, and my eyes were just on it. So I started, um, you know, my way towards that area and I kept commenting, you know, because I've got my GoPro on, you know, and I've got my phone out, you know, and I realized my phone was dying and that wasn't going to help me. And it was the first time I'd ever used my GoPro. Thank you so much, Otto, (laughs) for that. And I um, didn't realize there was a strap kind of dangling every once in a while. Luckily, it wasn't dangling at the right time, but... um, I made my way up this embankment and I said, and you know, we're about to see something, you know, up on this ridge, and I don't know what it is, but I feel it and I'm being drawn to it, so let's do this. And I didn't feel alone because I was able to talk to myself, even though it was a camera on my head. (laughs) Somehow there was some security in this, you know, shy little girl to be brave enough to go far and beyond. Where I would have normally felt comfortable Just to find an explanation for this unknown creature And um, I really believed that it was about to happen And I was feeling drawn in that direction So as I reached the plateau of the view Where um, I had the sighting um, There he was <laughs> I got He was sitting across from me probably about Thinking distance is really challenging, and I think this is something all researchers need to familiarize themselves with, but imagine a football field and, you know, try to gauge, like, distance in that way. And about half a football field, uh, maybe a little bit more, three-quarters away, um, I saw, uh, looking directly at me um, and frozen, which he did not move, um, a shadowy figure. Um, right along the tree line. And as I'm staring at him and I'm not moving my eye at my eyes, I'm trying to take everything in at what I'm seeing. And he's far enough away and the sun's coming up. This is early in the morning. I'm going to say it was probably around, you know, 6, 630 in the morning, 645 sunrise, you know, the sun is coming up behind him. So, All I'm seeing are the tree line and then this little uh, Sasquatch just staring right back at me on his knees. And, you know, I saw the shape of his head, which was not pointed, it wasn't conical, it was, um, you know, normal, just like mine or yours. Um, I saw the shoulders, the arms, um, the torso, and um, I noticed that everything was proportionate and there was hair all over his body. It was a dark chocolate to black. And it was very, very short um, to his body. I um, immediately thought in my mind it, he's, you know, I think about those things. The first thing that came to my mind was male and eight years old. And so I just kind of check it and stockpile it for if it's going to serve me, you know, in the end. And course i did everything wrong um but thank god it's these flaws that make us human um you know because as i'm looking at him and i'm showing you know the camera i'm like there he is and of course you know this gopro camera that i have and it's the far distance away you it's really hard to make out anything i mean if you're standing there looking at it you can see it clearly but um looking back at my film it's really hard to make out so You know, this is an experience that's really just for me alone because as I began to approach him, um, I looked down for just a minute um, to step over a log and around a tree, and when I looked up, he was gone. So, Mm. um, you know, I knew where he had gone. It was to the left. There was a, a big thicket right there, and so I knew which direction he was in. And I figured he was just kind of maybe kind of hang out in that area, try to hide from me, whatever. I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. Um, And all I could think of at that moment was these tracks and this thing that I'm seeing is much smaller than what I had come upon a few weeks before as far as what Dr. Meldrum had said. This is not an 800-pound being right here. This is someone my size. He was about my size. Um, And so I was concerned that, you know, there's not just this one, there's more. And of course the idea of a, um, a mother bear protecting her cub um, was the next thing that came into my mind. And I realized that there was a potentiality for me to be in a bad situation. So, you know, as a researcher, you know, new to the field, trying to engage in a way that I feel might be pertinent to my experience and maybe helpful to others. I want more. Um I want more footage, right? So I um immediately dropped my pack and I pulled out food. <laughs> I had an apple in my pack. <laughs> and I just started, you know, to talk, um to talk to him like, you know, maybe he could hear me. And, you know, I made my way um, toward him and, or toward where he was and um, was hoping that maybe I would get more, but um, he never came back out. So um, I still kept my offering visible and, uh, you know, because I was afraid, you know, I just want to set the stage for why I'm there. I'm not, I'm not there to cause harm. So as I got to where he was, Um, where he was sitting, Um, there was this perfect little nest of a spot. (laughs) And it looked as if it were out of a fairy tale. It was tufted and soft. And I found no hair, but through the excitement, I should have looked harder. Um, I don't doubt that there could have been something there, but I was quite overwhelmed with everything that was happening. And, you know, there were tracks everywhere and I'm trying to decide what to do. Um, So... You know, and you know, I had fear that you know that one was not alone, and would he bring bring back reinforcements so um as I listened to him moving through the thicket, um, you know knowing where he had gone um, and talking to him all the way, I finally exclaimed, "I've come all this way to see you, and now you're going to hide from me and it wasn't just a few moments later, a loud knock just cracked across across the way and it sounded like a baseball bat hitting a tree it was that loud I mean like a very loud crack and it echoed from the direction in which he'd fled and you know unfortunately um, none of the tracks that I found of this little guy were formidable enough to stand as evidence Um, everything was rocky there was pond nettle everywhere Um, I could see him visibly but you know to make it make a cast of something like that is going to be fruitless. So, um, you know, that's why, you know, all I can say is that it's just my experience, you know, because I don't have anything solid to show. And, and that's kind of frustrating, but, um, you know, it's just the way that it it just happened to be. So since this encounter, I've, I've gone back a few times and, you know, I've had, further interesting things happen. I haven't found any more tracks, but um, this last time that I went, um, I found a bone stuck in a knot hole. And this knot hole was barely a half an inch wide, and it was about three feet long of a slit, and it was gnawed on one end. And I did have the opportunity to show it to Cliff Brackman, and he told me that, you know, it could have, it could have been a filled mouse, However, the teeth marks were not quite consistent. So the only thing he could say was that it was inconclusive. So I said, you know, you're not saying that it is or it isn't. And, of course, you know, he laughed and he said, "It's I, I can't determine it. And so as to what it, it could have been. And um, another, you know, of course, structures. I find structures all the time. Um, I see things um, that you know, maybe some people might overlook. Um, It's something that I'm drawn to. Um, Another strange structure area that I found um, had logs that were outlining a rectangular area. And just outside the border, there was a two-foot-long stick that was swinging from a wax leaf tree. When I got closer to examine the stick, it had actually been um, tied or attached to the tree by the stem of the wax leaf being tied around the stick and tucked in just in a way that it secured it. It was not hanging by a vine or anything like that. Um, The leaves on it were green. And there was also um, a wet print um, that I found about 15 feet from the riverbed that looked to be about 30 minutes old. It was hard to determine the shape, but it was way bigger than my foot. Um, And the puddles, you know, uh, or it was kind of like drying, I guess you could say, um, and it was 17 to 18 inches long, but it was hard to measure because, again, I'm de- dealing with something that's, you know, this wet surface on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. One kind of funny thing is Keith went back um, a while back, a few weeks back, and he made me laugh because he went with a friend, and we joked about how he must have really irked him when I didn't come with him because that night a huge limb came crashing through the camper about eight inches from his head
2: and uh, of
1: course that's a story that's a story for him to tell um if you can get him on the show but um you know if you do make sure you have him tell you the grizzly story too because that's also a good one so that's basically um you know some of the experiences that I've I've had and um You know, I know all this sounds odd. There's definitely a paranormal ring to it. Um, You know, I really don't know what to think about that. Um, You know, Lal talks about in his book, uh, Momo, The Strange Case of the Missouri Monster. He talks about the lights and the orbs and, you know, um, different things that, you know, to me could bring about some sense of uh, paranormal you know entity you know but it's mm-hmm. it's really hard to say um what was that vibration in my foot was there really something there was you know was this some sort of a a ghost experience versus a sasquatch or was there a sasquatch standing at the end of my hatch you know sending energy into my body <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> but I'm glad to be able to share my experience so that maybe if there's somebody that's ever had anything like this happen to them, um, you know, they might be able to relate, um, you know, fantasy and reality vary from person to person through perception. And, you know, does that discount someone's authenticity if your perspective disagrees with them? I mean, no, I, What sets the standard in understanding each other through disagreement is not only the integrity of the person that you're interacting with, but also your ability to set aside what you think you know and the willingness to accept that there are multiple realities at play based on our beliefs, experience, and our capacities to understand. So beyond normal rational thinking, um, what my experience was is beyond unidimensional biological science and and more into the realm of the unknown where you know quantum theories bridge the gap into understanding what some may deem as paranormal but again none of us truly carry an omniscient state of being and maybe just maybe um, our studies in the field could flourish more if we expanded our consciousness well
0: and honestly you know it's easy for someone to say like, oh, that, that sounds fake or that, you know, that's too much. But, you know, until it happens to them, they can't really weigh in on that. And I think a lot of people, it, I don't know, it, um, they might be having that same kind of stuff happen, but they might not be as in tune with their body or their um, surroundings or whatever to notice it. Like it might be going on, but they're too focused on, you know, what's outside the vehicle or um, what they're looking at to notice that, you know, they're having um, sensations or feelings, you know, a lot of, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are not as closely in tune with their, Um, intuition, that gut feeling. I know recently I was on an outing and I had walked up and said, you know, there's a, um, I get this, I get the same feelings, um, when I'm out there, like a gut sense of, I can look directly at a spot and I'm like, there's something there. And I said, I'm feeling it from right there. And I'll, I'll keep staring at that spot. And I'll try to look away because I don't want to stare directly at it. And I'll look away and my eyes just keep going right back to that spot. And I'm like, I just feel like something's right there. And I actually had a gentleman come up and say, I had told Dustin what I thought. And Dustin had walked away. And this gentleman came up and pinned the same spot. He said, I feel like something's right there. And I didn't mm-hmm. tell him. Dustin didn't tell him this gentleman had the same feeling. And so I kind of asked him about it. I said, or I said, I mentioned that I feel that sometimes I can, I feel like I can feel that something's there. Um, and he said, yeah, I get that feeling too. And it was so nice to be validated on that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, we got to talking about infrasound and stuff and how, you know, we, we would feel this feeling in our chest. Like it was a, um, a very heavy, tight feeling in our chest. And he said, he was standing there and I said I wonder what would happen if you or if we moved closer or whatever and he said well I'm going to turn around and he turned around and he could feel that feeling on his back instead of his front
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and we could feel it but I just wonder how many people could also feel it if they, you know, if they were more in tune or just more sensitive to it or just paid attention mm-hmm. more to what their body was feeling rather than what they were seeing or hearing. Because, you know, sometimes when you see something that especially, you know, a Sasquatch that is not supposed to be there, this being's not supposed to be there, you kind of go into shock or your adrenaline shoots up, you know, maybe they don't, um, they're not paying attention to what's going on with their body, you know, they're... right. You know, freaking out a little bit. So I think that before anyone discounts what you saw or you felt, um, I don't think it's it's weird or out of the norm because you you are you are centered and you're more in tune with your body than a lot of people might be. Um, you're used to paying attention to stuff like that, and other people are not. So I think that um, if you know if other people were more in tune, it might. <laughs> then uh, they might feel something like that too. Who knows?
1: I've always been this way. Um, It's something that I haven't really shared. I mean, this is the first time I've ever gone public with something so big in my life that has defined me from the time that I was a little girl. And I think that, you know, through experiences, I've learned um, how to protect myself by avoiding um, what I know is going to happen like I, I know it I sense it I feel it and so I go ahead and step you know three or four steps ahead of that I've got it all planned out what I'm going to do to um, you know help that situation and you know of course that kind of led me into um, massage therapy and laying hands on people and um, now it's so transformed that um, it's Beyond energy work um, It's you know this shamanistic Tendency that is absolutely Natural and innate in me um, That just comes And flows and It 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 has so many Facets to it and There are so many um, It's so embedded in me In so many different ways that You know I, I can't I have trouble describing it with words All I can do is show you and If what I have to show you bring some relevancy to your experience then that's great but um you know i just i think i'm over the point of trying to prove myself anymore to anyone um this is my experience this is what happened has happened to me and you know i would like to try to harness this in some way that it might be able to help me in future um research so who knows yeah (laughs)
0: I mean, it's none of like I always say, you know, none of us has the corner market on this. Um, I don't like to discount people's um, way that they research or way that they believe. Um, you know, we we're all allowed to have different opinions and uh, different ways to go about it. And I think a more intuitive, um, more intuitive method is just that's kind of how I do it too. So. I mean, I think it works if you're successful. I mean, I think all it, that matters.
1: It, it is helpful. Yeah, it is helpful. i mean there there are definitely scientific methods that we all need to follow, protocols that we and rules that we should all follow, especially when it comes to reserving specimen or you know uh, following a standard that makes it clean and accurate. But I think that if you discount yourself in a way that you don't listen to that still small voice in your mind. Um, and just find out what its meaning is and and where it goes. Then you're shortening you're, you're shorting yourself. And you know who knows what could be there, just um, right outside
2: your grasp. Mm-hmm. I
0: agree. Dustin, do you have any questions?
2: <laughs> well, I, I'm, you've kind of ran through most of the stuff uh, that I was going to ask. Uh, Lauren kind of picked up on the conversation and ran with it, <laughs> which is good. Um, <laughs> Um. What, what do you think that Bigfoot is? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: I really like this question. Um, I think it's one that, you know, I've heard so many theories and ideas, and um, some of them seem obscure, um, some of them seem relevant. But I believe Bigfoot is a being that obviously – To not be defined as human However, I feel Calling said being an animal Creates a stance Of not only superiority But it allows for an idea Of lawful hunting of the species Which I disagree with Except in the case of self-protection Which to me is invalid If you're provoking aggression So what we do know Through diligent research uh, Sightings and storytellings is that there is an existence that seems irrefutable of a bipedal, um, opposable-thumbed creature that from the works of Ron Moorhead and the Sisters of the Moon have presented us with possible, a possible language. So I propose to you that if science says language is a cultural tool that sets humans apart from other species, how can one consciously pursue this clandestine being through blood sport to claim its existence? I mean, what is the goal to produce fame or conservation of the species? So that's what I believe, and I guess (laughs) I'll leave you with that to ponder.
2: That, yeah.
1: Sorry. I guess I've I've left you without words. (laughs) (laughs) What and
2: is that? that is well, a wrap. <laughs> wow. No, <Justin>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, usually I'm good at it. I, I guess tonight I'm just not on my game. Uh, I I had a. I'm just drawing a blank tonight. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what What do you think, lord?
0: Honest I don't know. Um, I had other questions, and now I can't remember them because I got off topic. Crap. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tanya. We're both family, right? I <laughs> <No. laughs> <Well, laughs> Usually I, like, jot down questions while you're talking so that I can, like, okay, as soon as I get a second, I'm going to ask this one. And um, I didn't because I was like, oh, I'll remember. Oh, that is the biggest mistake you can ever make. <laughs> <laughs> um, crap, what was I going to ask? I'm sorry. Well, I think speechless. You just left us speechless.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> but in a good way. I'm proud. I'm proud of. I yes. can't tell you. I was actually quite nervous, um, you know, getting ready for this and just thinking, this is the first time I've ever shared experience before. And what are people going to think of this silly girl that they know as Tanya? And, uh, you know, I can't wait to hear all the comments and, you know, what people have to say about it. I I know some may find some sense of ridicule um, and some may just go, oh, my God, I'm so glad, you know, I'm not alone. So um, I'm excited yeah, to kind I, of see all the different directions.
0: I think you're going to be very pleased with how many people um, how many people contact you and thank you for, you know, being so truthful and honest, um, for being completely transparent with your experiences and, you know, really telling us everything. You know, I think a lot of people <laughs> yeah. may have had you did, and they hold back for fear of ridicule or, you know, criticism. Um, so I, I, you know, I really appreciate you coming on and being completely transparent with us. Um, you know, that takes guts, but like you said, you're, you're living your best life. Like, you're living, you know, complete truth, and you are brave and courageous, and I applaud you for that. Thank
1: um, you very I, much. I,
0: yeah, absolutely. I think you're going to get a lot of good comments off of this, and I know you were really nervous but you have done such a great job. Um is there anything else that you wanted to um discuss? It can be about Bigfoot, it can be about paranormal like if you've had any paranormal experiences. Um it's
1: up to you. Mhm. Yeah, well, um I you know, maybe we could talk a little bit about um the paranormal side of uh what we might Consider uh, tags along With this big man uh, That we call Sasquatch um, Or the keepers of the forest Or whatever name he might be called by Um, Something That I'm most curious about That I'm wanting to research more into Is the phenomena of Orbs or lights associated With sightings And um, I had an experience um, With Marfa lights Uh, It was the first time I'd ever seen the Marfa lights And um, I had this sense of Bigfoot and Sasquatch, it being something more along those lines. And um, I realized at this point um, it's, it's something that is quite unexplainable. Um, it's not a Sasquatch out there carrying a torch. But um, I had a strong sense of somehow this must be related. And uh, researching, I found that there were sightings um, out near Martha, Um, Not far from where the lights were, um, an account that a man was driving home, um, driving his buddy home, who was drunk in the back seat, and uh, the sober driver had the windows down and was going along the road and saw what he thought to be a uh, cactus on the side of the road, like the big kind with the arms. And as he got closer, he realized that it was actually a Sasquatch And as they passed by, of course, the sink followed the the skunky uh, trash odor that a lot of times is associated with the Sasquatch. And um, they were so dumbfounded about what they'd experienced. They went straight to the police station and filed a report. And, um, you know, that feeling of this might, you know, I wonder if this is associated, um, got me into an interest of that. And that's when I found out about Bragg road and how, you know, along Bragg road, um, there has also been orbs along with the Sasquatch sightings. Um, and then of course, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, reading the book of Momo and some of the things that Lyle had mentioned about the orbs, um, in his book. And, Uh, There was a MUFON meeting where a gentleman had um, stood up and out of the blue started talking about a Sasquatch sighting, which I thought was really ironic because here we are at this UFO event. And this gentleman is a um, he was in one of the branches of service, but I don't recall which branch it was. And he'd gone to a back gate um, to get into the base, and I can't recall where the location was of this base because as I was listening to the story, um, I didn't know he was going to be talking about Bigfoot. <laughs> so, um, so he mentioned how, as he pulled up to the gate, um, he saw this orb um, off sorry someone's trying to call me <laughs> he's <saw> this orb <laughs> off in the um, in the distance and he immediately got back out of the vehicle instead of going into the gate and started to kind of look and peer like what is that what is that and he said it kind of disappeared for a moment and as he stood there waiting for something to reappear lo and behold out of shock um, and a value to him that he couldn't understand the Sasquatch just literally stepped out from behind a tree and just sat there and stared at him and he said he freaked out jumped back in the truck and you know went to go uh get his gun and he came back and of course it was gone and um i still am trying to understand um you know what there could be of a connection of this science is is missing so many aspects when it comes to this kind of phenomenon that's you know why I say that it's unmeasurable. It's not measurable. How do you measure something like this? I mean, you know, do you film it? Do you, you know, how do you obtain it? So, um, you know, that's that's something that I'm I'm curious about. Are the orbs? If you guys have any stories about them, I'd love to hear.
0: Um, I I don't personally have any, but I know that we have interviewed quite a few people on this show who have had orb sightings or weird light sightings. Um, I know specifically um, one of our previous co-hosts actually had a, um, I think they were in a cemetery, I believe. Oh, my mom's going to text me and correct me. I can feel it. Um, I think they were in a cemetery (laughs) and they had a UFO and Bigfoot um, encounter at the same time. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Now, so
0: this
1: link right here is also a very strong curiosity for me, and I do not discount it. Um, I read in a book by Las Bridas, which I know when you mention, you know, his name, some people say, oh, he's woo-woo or whatever it might be. Well, maybe I could be considered woo-woo too. Um, he has a documentation of a UFO that actually landed in a field. Uh, This lady's driving along, and she sees this UFO land, and out come four Sasquatches from the UFO, and they kind of make their way into the forest, and then all of a sudden it just disappears. The lady calls the police, and they come down, and they investigate um, the situation, and they said that there was still this lingering, um, almost like a, a hazy... Um, kind of like a, a color, I guess, that was still left behind. Um, maybe it could have been radiation. Um, I don't know. But but I find that interesting. I mean, you know, the whole topic of, of UFOs and Sasquatches together, just to me, just makes sense. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, this is all paranormal. This is all something that is beyond our understanding. We don't yet have a definition. We don't yet have um, an understanding of what it is we're seeing here. So it could be anything.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Uh Going back to the orb thing, um, or the orb talk, uh, me and uh, my friend Kendall, we were, we were, I think it was the September, we were in a... Uh, area in southeast Oklahoma that we usually like, we always go to and we were at uh, this camp we call camp hardwoods and we were sitting there and it was about three o'clock in the morning and earlier in the night we saw lightning bugs you know they were just the regular yellow or greenish kind of yellow lightning bugs flying around well we hadn't seen one in a, a while and then all of a sudden about maybe 20 foot up off the ground, going through the trees, it looked like a lightning bug, but it was blue. And it stayed lit, and it would just get bright and then dim, get bright and then dim. And it was was the size of a lightning bug, but I've never seen a bright blue lightning bug. I've only ever seen greens and yellows. So, I mean, unless there's a rare one out there.
1: Well, you know, I know sitting please. here talking about this and thinking about our experiences, I, I'm immediately reminded, and, you know, I'm surprised if Keith is listening, he would have already been like, remember that time? Um, there was a <laughs> time that we were out and um, we were around the fire. And all of a sudden, um, like over our heads, there was, and it was like up in the tree line, was this it looked to me like a um, lantern, like a Chinese lantern. I don't know if you've ever seen anything like that, but, you know, they have the candles inside and then they, you know, kind of go up, I guess. And then, and then they float away. Um,
2: mm.
1: You know, this thing, <laughs> this thing, it uh, came right up of our, our campsite and started to kind of float. Um, there was no sound at all because, you know, immediately I'm like, well, What if it could have been like a drone? And every person that I've talked to said, drones make noise. You can hear them. How far was it from you? And I'm like, well, maybe 20 feet, maybe, you know. Um, This did not make any sound. It was absolutely silent, and it was glowing, a soft um, kind of amber color light. And as it started to float away, it started to move quicker. And, of course, my curiosity, I'm like, you know, wanting to go after it. So immediately, um, I got up and I took off and it's pitch black, you know, (laughs) we're out in the middle (laughs) of nowhere and off Tanya goes (laughs) running after this (laughs) mysterious thing floating in the sky. And I probably got about, um, a hundred yards from our campsite, like sprinting, um, Staring up as I'm running and all of a sudden I just stopped dead in my my tracks and I felt something to the right, um, which was a wooded area and I got this fear feeling, right? And I didn't realize it was a fear feeling at the time. Um, I just got this weird feeling of go back to camp, go back to camp, go back to camp. And, um, like, scary, like you're scared like a werewolf or something. And I turned around and uh, took back to camp because I realized it was too far away at this point. I couldn't I couldn't catch up with it. Um, so I ran back to camp. I was out of breath. And I was like, oh, my God, what was that? And he's laughing at me. He's just like, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe it's a drone. And I'm like, I don't know. If it was a drone, it would be making noise, right? And so we're sitting there. And um, we'd kind of gotten over it. We were talking about something else. And then along it came again. And, again, what does Tanya do? She runs after it. You know, I've got to find out what is this. You know, I'm trying to get my camera going, trying to record it. It's too quick. It's moving too fast. And I am deadpan running. As fa- I'm running as fast as I can Could catch up with it um, in the middle of the darkness. And, again, got about the same place that I was before, and immediately stopped dead in my tracks but this time I was aware of the feeling of stopping dead in my tracks and I was aware that I was also drawn again to the right side where the forest line was and as I looked over there all of a sudden I got this sick feeling like (laughs) you're being drawn away from camp duh (laughs) like, (laughs) like you know you're you're being you know you're gonna be kidnapped or something you know and so um i took off back to camp again and we never we didn't see it again but that was just another curious thing that is unexplainable that happened that i wish that i knew more about so wow (laughs) yeah that's weird
2: so so it kind of looks it you said it looked like one of those chinese lanterns that they uh like the the paper ones where they put the little candle yes. underneath it, and they let it go up in the air, yes,
1: yes, there was okay. yeah, I could see it very clearly, and it was it was glowing, um kind of a soft color, but there was absolutely zero sound to it, and um it just it, to me, I just kept thinking, this is you know at the end, I was just thinking, this is a distraction, um, so that's what I thought, but who knows what it was. And, you know, also that evening, um, there was also very strange, and and I've noticed multiple times that we've been down there, there is this very strange electric feeling um, sometimes in the air that makes your hair stand up. Um, It's definitely like increased ions in the air, right, Um, where you might see uh, the lightning strikes go sideways versus down. Um, you know to the ground and this happened on that night um, as well as another night that something else you know that we had experiences so I don't know if this (laughs) increased electricity has anything to do with you know the orb sightings or the sasquatches but it's just something that I file away in my practical scientific understanding of what could this be (laughs) Writing it down, <laughs> see if maybe I can make a connection <laughs> to that later on down the road, you know, and just document it
2: mhm I, I hope I hope after uh people hearing this, I hope some more people come and come forward to mm-hmm. talk about like the 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 lamp the lantern thing, cause that's I don't think I've ever heard that that's really cool, yeah, I don't know
1: what it was um it's really strange.
2: I say it's cool, but it's more of like, like interesting. But also, if it was trying to draw you out, that's that's not cool. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's exactly right. <laughs> I Agree with that. <laughs>
0: Sorry.
2: Uh, Lauren, did you have?
0: No.
1: Um... Oh. Uh... Yeah. Go
2: ahead. Well, uh, Lori Hood. Uh, wanted to ask if you have ever seen a ghost
1: oh yes (laughs) um i have that um since adopt me like i said earlier um i've seen them in reflections of glass before where you're actually seeing them moving and interacting and just kind of like doing their own thing um in window panes and uh glass like that and um i've heard my grandfather talk to me many times um as a matter of fact i i'd mentioned how you know i've experienced cancer um in this last year and there was a time about two years before my well maybe it was a year before my diagnosis i'd gone out into the backyard it was around the fall um maybe around this time actually and there were dandelions like just blooming like crazy and I thought this is weird this is such an odd time for the dandelions to be blooming and immediately I heard my grandfather say dandelions cure cancer and I thought that's weird <laughs> I was like okay uh, dandelions cure cancer so I went inside and I pulled up to dandelions cure cancer and there was just page after page of how people had been drying out the dandelion root um, in the oven and using the white powder that is um, emptied out into like tea mixtures or maybe capsules that they were taking to kind of cure themselves. And of course, at that moment, um, did I do anything like that? No, I, I didn't know that I had cancer at the time. And it was shortly after that, that um, I was lying in bed and had my arms kind of across my chest and my whole body just lit up like an x-ray and I could see all the bones um, in my body And I heard my voice say You have cancer And at the time um, I was experiencing Mold in my house and all these other things So I immediately thought about My lungs And um, thought that maybe I was going to be Having trouble with my lungs And um, Last year um, Around September So a, that was a year prior to And then last year around September I um, is when uh, things weren't going well, and I knew something was wrong. And I was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer um, in November of 2018. And it's a rare form of breast cancer. It's 1 in 5% um, of all breast cancers, and it has a 15% survival rate in a five-year period. So that's kind of... (laughs) What has drawn me out of my um, shy little self and and being bold is going through this experience of you know having so much loss the year before um we had had the loss of many family members and and now is going through the loss of uh, my body, you know parts of my body and my, and then being afraid like am I going to survive this going through chemotherapy and it not helping and then emergency mastectomy, um, followed by radiation and now I'm finding that I love my body, you know just the way it is. I love myself even more than I ever have, and being able to connect with someone and hug someone just heart-to-heart is a feeling that I never would have had before, and now I don't have um, any sense of shame. I remember, you know, being younger as a woman, um, a young woman, just not feeling comfortable in my skin. Um, Sometimes us women, we, you know, we feel uncomfortable in our clothes, and, and we find that maybe it makes us feel a little nervous that our boobs might be hanging out or whatever, you know, and and now that's just completely gone from me. I'm. I feel like I am just like anybody else. I'm more. I feel more accepted, and you know, like I belong in a way that, you know, is beyond a physical form. So um, somehow I'm meshing in and just uh, fitting in in a way that I've always wanted to be. And somehow that's just brought out some boldness in me. So. Um, that's where she, swat, she Squatch came from. And, um, you know, that's where I'm at now. And I uh, love my life. I love this experience. I love being able to get out into the field and find out exactly what's out there. And I have no fear um, of being out there alone. And um, if anything, I love being in the solitude because it allows for me to reflect on my experiences and uh, be grateful for where I am at this moment in my life. So, So, yes, uh, paranormal, (laughs) Um, the question was, have you seen a ghost? It led all the way through all of that. That's okay. There is such an existence beyond this world, and I guess that's kind of where I can sum it up is that, you know, we are physical beings, but we're, you know, only experiencing this physical reality for a moment because really inside we're this ethereal subject matter that is, you know, undying, you know. We're a matter that our physical body is matter, but but we're an undying entity. I feel like our spirit lives on. So there's there's more beyond this realm and, you know, tapping into it is just the first the first step in tapping into something like that is understanding that what you think you know may be completely wrong and just throw everything out the door and open your eyes and experience reality and, in, in your own self and um, don't be afraid of the unknown.
0: Yeah, no, I think that um, you're definitely, um, I think that you're on a good path. Um, I, I'm, there's always a silver lining to everything and I think that you came through your cancer and everything that you've been through um, stronger obviously and I love that you use that out in the field Um, you have that confidence but that peace also within yourself like you don't feel like you feel compelled to go live your life to the fullest and go um, go after what you're passionate about but like there's not a Oh gosh, what am I trying to say? You don't have a frantic time limit on it. You know, like you are just out there at peace doing what you love, which I think is awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, we all have, we all have an expiration date. We all have no idea. And I think that every moment should be like that. We, We should be authentic and truthful and real and honest with each other And loving and accepting, and um, you know, just real every minute because you don't know when is your last minute. And I I promise you, when that last minute comes, you're probably gonna know everything that the world has to offer all the secrets, you know, all the stuff you've ever wanted to know. I mean, maybe it'll be unveiled um, to us in passing, but um, I just don't have a fear of that anymore. And I, although I'm still, Taking a a form of chemotherapy through pill form. Um, I feel very confident um, in my body's healing abilities and um, I'm just excited for my future. I actually just recently got my motorcycle license and, you know, I just, there's so many things that are happening in my life that I would have never thought that I would, you know, have the gumption to do to be bold enough to step into, but something I really wanted and admired. And now I'm just stepping into, you know, that boldness in a way that I don't want to waste a minute anymore. I don't want to waste a speck of time. And um, if what I have to say might help somebody feel more authentic in their own self and brave enough to be able to come forward and share, then I've done my job. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, because, you know, we, like I said, you will have people contact you after the show and probably, you know, share things with you that they have never shared or don't share often, and um, you will most likely inspire more people to come out, which will be um, amazing. Um, so thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thank you for being so transparent with and honest. Um, thank you for being your brave and courageous self. And like yeah, I said, you, you are as beautiful inside as you are outside, and we loved having you on um, definitely would love to have you back on sometime later after you sure. uh, you know got out in the field and racked up some more experiences to come tell us if you don't mind.
2: Um, Absolutely, definitely.
0: We can't wait to see you this weekend and go out in the field with you. And um, I, for one, am very much looking forward to seeing. Um, it's I call it vibing. Like I very much look forward to seeing how you vibe. <laughs> out in the woods and I know I'm a nerd but I do I call it that because I love people I can vibe with and see how they vibe in the woods so uh, I'm very looking, very much looking forward to that and Dustin do you have anything to add?
2: Uh, I was just gonna say it was awesome having you on um, I've been you know Thank we've you. been chatting back and forth since Zenobia and um, I'm really got, glad that we were able to get you on here and get you out of your shell and get you get you talking about your experiences and uh really looking forward to this weekend and uh yeah getting out in the field filled with you and hopefully we can have some have some good experiences this weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well thank you Dustin for having me and I'm I'm looking forward to um sitting around the campfire with you guys and seeing what's to come.
0: Absolutely. Yep. All right. So I think we're going to call it a show. Again, thank you for coming on. Mm -hmm. And um, everyone, next week we will have um, another show next week, of course, and it will be a little bit outside the norm for us. So you guys just uh, hold on to your seats, and uh, we'll see you same time, same place next week.
2: All right.
1: No, sounds really good. And just to um, end off the show, I'd like to let you guys know that She Squatch, her next event is going to be at the Boggy Bottom Bigfoot Conference. And uh, that's going to be the first annual conference for them. It's on Saturday, April the 18th um, and at 9 o'clock. And um, she'll be there bright and early. Awesome.
0: All right. Perfect. So everyone go check out She Squatch's Facebook page. And um, follow her on Facebook and check out any events that she's at. Catch a photo op. And good night, everybody.
1: All right. Have a good evening. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. tonight dollars bigfoot radio